0: Dream big for what we can do here. Let's not be small thinkers. Let's take what we have. Let's use it to our advantage. Let's come together as a group and let's go do it together.
1: Hi, once again, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of the All Den Podcast. I am Dan Scott, the voice of the Paladins, acting as your host. And we look forward to spending the next little while with you going inside the Furman University men's basketball program Head coach Bob Ritchie will be joining us in just a moment. As we record this episode, the Paladins are 5-2. Last time out, a a very difficult 83-80 loss at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, a game in which Furman led by as many as 16 in the first half, 10 at halftime, 11 at one juncture in the second half, and then couldn't hold on down the stretch. Uh, Offensive rebounding and second chance points proved to be the main difference in that game. We'll talk about that with Coach Richie and much more, uh, I'm sure, as we go through this uh, episode 47. Just a couple of things. Uh, I want to remind you first, the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Shortfields at Downtown Travelers Rest. You can uh, find the menu, the operating hours at shortfields.com, and uh, we really thank them for being uh, great supporters of Furman University Athletics. And also, if you have any questions you'd like for me to pass along to Coach Richie, please do so by emailing them to me, dan.scott at furman.edu. dan.scott at furman.edu. As mentioned, this is episode 47 of the All Den Podcast. I'm Dan Scott, and the head coach of the Paladins, Bob Ritchie, is here. We are two games away from completing the non-conference season at this point in a season that we didn't know, Bob, if we were going to get to play, how often we were going to get to play. And, and you almost are hesitant to talk about it too much. But so far, so good. We've gotten all seven games on the schedule in with one replacement game. And um, at 5-2, and two, how are you feeling about your team right now?
0: Well, I mean, I think that um, we've, we've seen some good and we've seen some not so good at different times. But, you know, we've, we've won the games that we were supposed to win at home. Uh, We went on the road and played, you know, an upper tier colonial school and and got a good win. And then, um, you know, came up short in both of our bye games on high major courts. I thought we played better in the Alabama game than we did the Cincinnati game and uh, showed some improvement there. But, you know, I think um, having one of those two would have been nice. You know, obviously having both of them would have been unbelievable. But uh, just, you know, the Alabama game. You know, I think, I think parts of that game, Dan, it was probably the best we had played all year in stretches. And, um, you know, the, the first half of that game, I'd say the first 18 minutes, you know, we, we started, we, we had a couple slip ups. It was almost like when Clay got his third foul, you know, our, our psyche was a little bit off those last two minutes. And, you know, they, they, they chipped it from 15 to 10 in those last two minutes and, and had themselves a little bit momentum in the into the second half. But that first 16 minutes of basketball, uh, that's that's probably the best we we've played on a high major court and in in terms of for that duration. Unfortunately, we just weren't able to sustain it. Uh, but I love this team. I love this group. You know, I think that our young guys are coming along. Um, I think our old guys. You know, it's pretty clear the area, the main area that we got to improve in. And um, you know, but but we're doing some good things. I think we're getting better. And and I think we still got improvements to make, which is which is exciting that we're not. We're not a finished product at this point.
1: When you see the way your team played in that first 16 to 18 minutes uh, against Alabama and and then really were able to sustain uh, close to that level of play, a little bit past the midway point of of the second half, it really gives you a good window uh, into how good this team could be. Um, How difficult was it to sleep when you got back to the hotel after after the way that thing ended uh, down in Tuscaloosa?
0: Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, You know, obviously we left, we left pretty frustrated and uh, in ourselves and just not, not having the physicality on the glass needed to close it out. And, um, you know, got, got some good looks down the stretch too. You know, I mean, we we only scored eight points in the last eight minutes. And so, you know, as a coach, you go back and you look at a lot of those possessions and um, you know, I mean, Alex had a wide open three on the backside. Mike had a wide open three on the backside Um, you know, we had, we had, we had a couple other possessions and, you know, we, we had our chances offensively, but you know, the biggest thing was just the rebounding. And, and the most disappointing thing about that is we, we know we, I mean, that's been our whole deal going into the season that I've told that I've told this team since July. If, if you do the same thing you did last year, but you rebound better, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna put yourself in a position to be a championship level team and not just competing, not just finishing second. But if you can figure that out, like, you're, you're going to have a chance. You're, you're going to go win a championship. And it's it's through seven games, it's proven right. You know, it's it's proven right. And um, we missed an opportunity on a high major court to get another high major win. And, you know, it was, it was because of our resistance to fight on the glass. So I told him after the game, I said, you know what, if you respond correctly and you let this pain instruct you, this will pave the way to a championship. It will, because if this team can learn to rebound at the level that we're capable of, especially starting three guys over six, seven, and a two guard is six, three and a point guard is six, six feet and strong, you know, as strong as they come at the point guard spot. If we'll go attack the ball and finish possessions like we like we can, um, then that's going to make us all the more dangerous. And so we just got to continue to tighten that up.
1: When Ron Smith did the broadcast with me for my first five years here, and and we all know what a great player he was on some great teams back in the seventies, he used to always say that rebounding was 10% talent and 90% effort. Uh, Is that something that as a coach you would agree with?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the the ability to go fight for the ball, you know, and and just the physicality and the hitting and, you know, there's some technique to it for sure. And and we've got to be better there, but, a lot of it is just, just pure desire. You know, I mean, the best rebounder we've had since I've been here, you know, the two that come to mind, Matt Rafferty and Chris Acox. I mean, Chris was, Chris was six, five, six, six. Right. And and Matt was not the most, you know, genetically gifted guy athletically. And, um, but he had a nose for the ball and both those guys just love chasing balls. You know, it's just, you know, it's there. And, and for us, like, we we've got guys that are more than capable. I mean, we were looking at the numbers this morning with the team and just the percentages. I mean, Clay Clay should be a Clay Clay should be one of the best rebounders in this league, no doubt about it. Right? Uh, Jalen Slauson should be. A, I mean, he should be a big big time rebounder at this league. And Noah Gurley should be a high high level rebounder. And so, you know, I guess that's probably the most frustrating thing. And and I've I've got to do a better job with it. Um, we've got guys that can do it. It would be a lot worse being in this position if if we didn't have guys that can do it, but we've got guys that are definitely capable.
1: You know, those two players that that you referenced uh, from the past, I couldn't help but laugh as you were talking because I got this this image in my mind. It, it really wouldn't have been fair to the rest of the league if uh, Matt Rafferty had been genetically gifted with Chris Acox's physical uh, ability, would it?
0: Yeah, it had been tough. That would have been <laughs> tough. Yeah, I, I tell you this. He was, he he was still, he'd be making a lot of money right now. Um, but, you know, both of them, both of them made the best of what they had. Yep. It's the same thing. If, if, if Chris was six, eight, I mean, imagine what, what he would be. Mm. Right. And, and so, but, but they both competed for balls. They didn't mind hitting people. And um, you know, we've just got to embrace that and we've got to, we've got to try to practice it in shorts, short spurts. And, and we've got to do a better job as staff holding these guys accountable. And, and it is the ground of the season but you know we went this morning and 30 minutes of it was rebounding you know and if and if we if if we can't get better at it it's going to continue to 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 hit us in the face and um that one hurt man i mean i'll be honest with you dan we've we've had a couple that 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 haven't gone our way late for whatever reason you know in the past few years and some of those big moments in auburn and, you know tennessee my first year but um man I, I, that, would, that would hurt. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm still a little bit. I'm still a little bit frustrated with it, just to be honest with you. Um, and, and it just, what we've got to understand is it's got to. It's got to make us even more eager to fix it because the fix is right in front of us. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team responds because we don't have long to, to figure it out. I mean, Winthrop's one of the best rebounded teams in the country, top 50. And so um, if we're they got 38 offensive rebounds in two games this weekend versus Upstate. So if we're not ready to punish on Saturday, then it could easily cost us there as well.
1: You know, I'm wondering, once you had a chance to go back and and review the game film and looking at the game that Clay Mounts was having and and the performance he put on despite being saddled with foul trouble, when he went out of the game, did you notice the the other four plus whoever was coming off the bench for that last seven or eight minutes, did you notice any change in the way – they played without Clay on the floor, or or what was was the just business as usual?
0: Nah, it, it, it unfortunately, you know, not to get super technical here, it wasn't Clay was playing great, and it wasn't that we weren't going to be able to execute without him necessarily. Obviously, he was really we were plus fifteen with him in the game. What happens though is, you know, and this is where. You know, and again, I preface this, Dan, you know, I grew up in Columbia. Everybody knows I'm a huge Steve Spurrier fan and everybody used to get frustrated when when they would ask him about recruits and he would say, well, you know, it just, it's, it takes a little while here, you know, like these guys got to learn the system and you'd hear fans saying, well, I mean, how come they, how come they can figure it out right away in another place? You know, how come they can go and be a freshman wide receiver at Georgia and they're just fine. And, and it's a little bit like that here with how we play offensively because. We are a little bit organic with concepts to where you got to make these quick decisions, and when they're made well, Dan, it looks like we're calling really good plays. When really it, we're just putting in conceptual situations where they've got to—is it A, B, or C—and they got to make it fast. So what happened there was we had some young guys off the bench, and then and then you know we had some some guys that that were having to play two or three of those guys at a time, and our flow just wasn't as good, and and I probably. In hindsight, I probably should have called the game um, more set-based at that point. The problem is, is in a, in a, it, it's then then you got to make sure you get that one shot, right? And if you don't get that one shot, you can get you can get bogged down there easily as well. And so our spacing got jacked up a few times. And so now we're dribbling around and we don't really have good flow. And then we take a, I mean, we we eat four shot clocks in the second half. And and I think some of that was. They were able to paint a couple more guys uh, with Clay not being out there. But man, when Clay was out there, I mean, I think I think he was a one point six, one point six five points per possession when he, when when he was out there with any other four guys. And so that's almost getting two points every single time we go down the floor, mm-hmm. which is extremely high. And when you take him off the floor, they were they were able to guard us a little bit different. And our spacing got a little tight.
1: And it's just another indication that that the. the- young talent you have obviously is very talented but there are going to be growing pains, and that's what this non-conference season is for to hope they get as many of them out as they can before january 3rd or december 30th rolls around
0: yeah i mean and i think they're coming you know i I do think joe probably could have played a few more minutes the other night you know we were worried about the rebound so we were were trying to go a little bit bigger at the guard spot um you know marcus marcus had some good moments other night garrett Garrett's done some good things. You know, Garrett, I'll tell you what, Garrett had some big time moments in that game, yep. you know, the other night, I mean, up one and he hits both those free throws on the front end to put us up three that's hard for a freshman to do. And, um, you know, I thought I really like, I really like what he's doing right now. And I, and I know again, he's a freshman and he's got it. he's having to adjust to the physicality of the game, but, he, he he likes, he likes to compete and he likes to battle and he's got a, He's got a very good mind for it. And um, I like, I like where he's heading, um, you know, and then Johnny's done some good things. He's got to get a little bit more physical on the glass, but he's been, he's been doing some good things. So I think those guys are coming, but then you put, put that on top Dan of the psychology in that game, right? On an sec floor, you know, they're, they're, they've got a little momentum and now those guys are having to come in and perform at that level and that's why we tell them all the time in practice, like you got you got to get great reps every single chance you get, and um, and sometimes it's not as much as what the starters might be getting. But you better pay attention because you know going back to me saying, hey, we need to run more sets. I called two in the second half with that group out there, and we had two reserves have missed assignments on set execution, and one of them would have been for a layup. One one a slip was going to be wide open. And instead of cutting out backside, this guy cuts strong side, and it jacks it up, you know. And, and those those small attention to detail that makes everything work when all five guys know exactly what to do, you know, that's where we've got to continue to tighten up and just our knowledge. And um, we'll get there. We'll get there. I like where we're heading, but um, we still got some work to do.
1: So through the first seven games, and, and we have two more games we're going to talk about in a moment, but through these first seven games, if you had to give your team – Uh, a grade right now, A through F, where would you say this team is?
0: Um, You know, that's a tough question. You know, compared to where I think we could be, compared to what I think, what does an A A plus look like for this group? Um, You know, I'd have to say probably B minus, you know, and I think the two areas to get to an A level would be better rebounding and more consistent shooting. Which we did shoot the ball a little bit better the other night. We do have capable shooters. We're not we're not we're not doing the correct footwork in games that we need to be doing. That we're practicing sometimes. We got to tighten some of that stuff up. But I do. It's like I told the team this morning. This should be a 40% three-point shooting team. I mean, Alex is a great shooter. Clay's a great shooter, right? Mike Bothwell's a great shooter. Noah can really get going from three and has improved his shot. Jalen Slauson has good touch, and if when he gets his reps up and he gets his rhythm right, he's a good shooter. Jalen Pugh's a fantastic shooter. Joe Anderson can shoot, right? Garrett, believe it or not, to be honest with you guys, like Garrett, Garrett's got touch. Garrett, Garrett's going to be a good shooter here in time. He's having to adjust to that extended arc a little bit, but if if we can get to the point where we're physical on the glass, okay, and we're shooting with confidence and we're taking good shots and we're stepping into it with appropriate footwork, and and we can still do all the other stuff we're doing well, it, it's going to be a fun group to watch. I mean, it, it it's going to be it's going to be a plus basketball because they aren't doing a lot of good things. And, you know, you're sitting here, I'm, I sound like the old, you know, pissed off coach. And we just had 80 on an sec court and, and really, you know, first half, we put up 47 and, you know, we, we basically, I don't remember how, how much, you know, would we have 80 something at Charleston offensively, our numbers, I mean, we're top 30 offense in the country right now, according to Ken Palm. And, and we're not even shooting the ball as well as we need to. And I think we're leaving some offensive rebounds on the table. So, I don't know. I mean, could this be a top 15 offense in the country? Maybe, you know, and then and then are we gonna continue to improve defensively? I do think we're better, I think I think we're better defensively than we were at this point last year for sure. Um, it, it's just we just literally got to, our transition defense has made jumps, our drive defense is a little bit better. Our ball screen defense is a little bit better, but we're just we just got to get better on the backboards. And um, if we can answer the bell on those two categories, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun these next couple months.
1: Episode 47 of the All Den Podcast with Head Coach Bob Ritchie. I'm Dan Scott. Um, all right, so your your final two non-conference games are coming up as we are recording this. We're doing this on Thursday. So it's Saturday, 4 p.m. at Winthrop, and then a quick turnaround Monday again at 4 p.m. It's a game time change with South Carolina State at Timmons Arena, and then suddenly the non-conference schedule is done. Uh, but these are two important games coming up, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they really are. I mean, Winthrop, Winthrop when you, according to Ken Palm, when you look analytically, it's uh, it's our toughest game yet. I mean, I, I'm sorry, it's our toughest game the remainder of the season, according to Ken Palm. Um, part of that because it's on the road, and, and another part of that is because Winthrop's really, really good. And um, so we're going to have our work cut out for us. Like I said, the, the test that we didn't do well on in this past one, we're going to be able to see can we make some progress there this weekend. And then we return home, play South Carolina State, and um, you know, we gotta obviously that's the game before Christmas and you know, we gotta make sure we're locked in and doing what we gotta do there to continue to protect home turf and um and get us into the Christmas break. So great opportunity in both games and then uh go home for Christmas for a little bit and come back and and, and jump right into conference play.
1: Let's talk about the going home part because obviously that that's the normal part of this routine, giving them an opportunity to go spend some time with their families over over Christmas. But There's nothing normal about where we are in in 2020. What kind of protocols have you put in place to try to make sure that your kids are able to do what they need to do and spend that that Christmas holiday with their families, but also not come back and and have to worry about whether or not they've picked up the virus?
0: Yeah, so you know, obviously with everything going on, Dan, it's um, the decision. Do we keep them here for Christmas? Do we let them go home for Christmas? You know at some point you gotta there's a lot of different factors that can kind of tilt you one way or another and at the end of the day you know i've got to go what i think is right in my gut and um i think they need to see their families and i think they need to see mom and dad and i think they need to go home for christmas and 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 enjoy that i I just don't feel like i can keep them here in an apartment in a dorm room and um them be isolated and, and in a moment where they probably need their family more than ever but at the same time, we're sending them with a protocol that's pretty intense, and and we're trusting that they're going to follow suit with it in terms of how they travel and what they do when they travel and what they do in their home and who they're around and making sure they're masked up and things like that. It's it's there's a responsibility that comes with that freedom, and um, you know we'll we'll get them back in time to do the testing uh, to make sure that that we know that you know we're in a good spot there before we return to practice. But it's just one of those decisions. If we're just coaching basketball in a vacuum, then yeah, you probably keep them here. But there's just more. There's more to this thing than just basketball, and um, I think they they've got to go home and they've got to be able to see the family for a little bit. So we're uh, we're going to let them go after the South Carolina State game.
1: Yeah, and, and this is one of the things that that we've touched on briefly, I think, in in a recent episode. But but it really comes into play here. We're we're talking about a serious trust factor between you and your coaches and, and these players that that they're going to go home and they're going to make the mature decisions and do everything they can look we know what this virus anything can happen but but there's a trust factor there that that you believe that if you let them go they're going to do what you ask them to do right
0: yeah and you know what to this and, and that's that's what's making the decision easy for me I mean to this point since March they've done that and um you know they've been really responsible with it <laughs> look, they know what's on the line, you know? I mean, they know what's on the line. So if they're going to go home and go to a party and not put their mask on, then don't come back saying you're trying to win the Southern Conference, you know? Like like at some point, you, you got to understand, you know, the, the, the duty that we have is going to precede the delight of what we want to go try to do. And, and and there's a certain responsibility that comes along the way with it. And, you know, I just, I think, Dan, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's this thing going last week with, with Coach K and, and Coach Oates, you know, and everybody trying to figure out who's right, and you know, just our typical polarization, in our society that you got to pick one of these extreme sides, and you know, you got you got to flock to one group. I mean, we've we've completely dissolved the ability to get to the middle, and you know, like they're both right, okay? Like Coach K's right, and Nato's is right. They're both right. And, and, and right now there's a lot of unknowns in basketball. We're, we're having to test these kids and, and they're they're staying by themselves and there's element of isolation and, and there's, there's, there's a little bit of fear driven in this. And that's understandable, right? But they're also, as soon as you walk in the locker room right now and you say, do, do you guys want to play or not play? They're all going to raise their hand and say they want to play. And them being able to play allows them to be in a safe environment where they are getting tested and they get to do what they'd love to do. And so what's the middle look like? Well, the middle is that we're extremely responsible. We have big time protocol. We oversee the protocol. And then we make sure that they're allowed to do what they need to do uh, to be able to cope with this as best they can. And so that's that's where we are, you know, like like the kids' parents come to the games, you know? Hey, they shouldn't be able to see their parents. Yes, they should. You know, like like what's the middle here, okay? Well, I know the parents aren't getting tested and they're outside the bubble, but that's mom and dad. I mean, they, they raised them, you know, like like, if they're going to drive to see their kid play, they need to be able to see him. So we're going to have an area for them outside. It's going to be in open air. They can only see their kid. They both. They have, everybody has to be masked up. And, it, and, it's, and it's responsible and it's safe and it's in the middle. And, and, and so we're able to drive to some common sensible solutions to allow these kids to be able to navigate something that there's no playbook for, where they still get to do what they love to do. But at the same time, we're keeping them safe and we're keeping them responsible. And so we're going to have that same mindset in these four or five days. And, um, you know, everybody's had to do it. You know, everybody's had to do it. And um, we just got to keep doing it. And uh, I trust that these guys will do that.
1: And and then the trust factor also works, I would imagine, the other way because they expect you and your coaches and managers and, and everybody else to do the same thing. So you're going to be available and ready to go once everybody gets back, right?
0: That's right. That's right. It all it all goes it all goes hand in hand together, and you know we can't be out here saying, "Hey, you know, you guys do this and we do something else." Our families have had to sacrifice. I mean, we've had to we've had to turn down sleepover opportunities for our kids, and you know, going to this dinner or going with this family to lunch, and you know, our, our friends have all kind of started to understand it. At first, they're like, "Man, that's you know," but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's we got to be tight and. Um, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what you think of it. I mean, it. it really doesn't. I know I've said that before. It, it matters what we have to do to allow ourselves to continue to play the correct way in the safe way. And um, if we gotta do this for another two and a half months, then hey, so be it. I know this, it's gonna be that. It, it beats quarantining, you know? And, 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 and I think that that's where, you know, your whole program gets shut down for seven to 10 days. It's it's hard to recover from that, and so we've just got to keep we just got to keep uh, trusting each other and doing the right thing.
1: Episode forty six or forty seven, excuse me, of the uh, All Den podcast with with head coach Bob Ritchie, and, and just a final thought on that, Bob. Uh, people from the outside may look at it and think that it's extreme, may not like it, but all you have to do is look around the country at the number of games that are being canceled because of of maybe teams or or individual players or whatever the case may be who aren't following protocols as strictly as they should be and one bad mistake one seemingly innocent uh move can end up shutting a program down like you said for seven to ten days or even longer
0: that's right i mean like i said man it just our, our we've all become scientists somehow and um i'm, I'm not though you no, know what i mean me, I'm, a, I'm a ball coach and um i just i'm going if they tell me to wash my hands and stay six feet apart wear a mask and if we do that we can kind of that that don't make me a Republican or a Democrat, uh, a Christian, or, you know, a atheist or, you know, like, it doesn't have anything to do with all that. It's just like, this is, this is what we have to do to keep playing. Okay, cool. Like I walk in the building in the morning and they they give me this chip and I got to wear this chip. And this chip basically tells me if I'm within six feet of somebody and it starts blinking red, that's in tier one. Okay. But that, that, that allows us to spread out and watch film and do what we need to do. And, you know what? It, it just it just is what it is, and and we're not going to complain about it. Like we've we've been able to play seven games, and at this point in this year, we were supposed to have played seven games, and there's a lot of naysayers out there that said we weren't going to be able to play seven games, mm-hmm. and we have, and 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 so, you know, it's it's we're going to find we're going to find a, a way how, and um, you know, we're not going to get in all the, I, 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 I stay as far away from politics as I can, but we're not going to get in all what all this means. We're just going to try to do what we can. Uh, to continue, to do what we love to do?
1: I hear you. Let's uh, before we wrap it up. Let, let's talk about uh, one piece of news that came out uh, earlier this week. Um, thanks to a, a new television deal between the Southern Conference and ESPN, Furman's going to be on national television three times. Three of the five games in that that small package are going to involve Furman. So this is a pretty big step for not only this league but obviously. For your team to get that kind of national TV exposure,
0: yeah, it really is. I mean, I was I was asking Jordan Casky the other day. You know, when was the last ESPN game at Timmons Arena, and um, he couldn't think of one. You know, and um, even our NIT game, Wichita State ended up being ESPN three because we had to you know move uh, over the nights. And I don't. I mean, since I've been here, I don't remember one. And so that's that's it's another it's another first. It's another thing that that you know we didn't think we'd see, you know, in a, in a, in a while and, and we're going to be able to see it and be able to experience it. And, um, it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's one, of, it's just, no, no, nobody wants to hear all this and I get it, but sometimes I have to fight for perspective. I mean, I'm, I'm coming back from Alabama and I mean, I'm, I'm about, you know, I got all the fancy males, they're all mad too. and And I love it, you know, and they, they're all giving me ideas to how to fix rebounding, which which I I, I think that's great. Um, but sometimes I got to pull back perspective too and be like, man, look what these kids have done. You know, like look what look what they've done in this. A lot of times, programs it takes them forever to to build up and from where they came from to where they are now and what they're doing and how they're representing the university and on national TV. And now all of a sudden we're bringing this to to, to Timmons, we're bringing it to the Well, and we're playing downtown and. You know, it's like it's like we, everybody just expects it now. Um, but these these kids have done some tremendous things here, and and it's the balance that we all have of keeping gratitude and, and being thankful for what we've been able to experience and and what we still have left to experience. Uh, but at the same time, staying hungry to to continue and improve every single day, and uh, obviously never get complacent where we are.
1: Yeah, the the perspective thing is is hard to keep, and you mentioned it especially in in these days we live in, because everything is polarized, it's either it's either A or B. There there's no there's no C or there's no gray area. But you and I, as we've talked about before, we got here the same year, and, and I was telling somebody the other day he was asking me about you know what kind of crowds we're able to have now, and it's you know 200, 250 or whatever in, in the phase that we're in. But I said you know when I first got here, that was a normal crowd at Timmons Arena. And and they laughed, and I you know I wasn't that that it wasn't too much more than than what we've seen here. So what this program has done in in the last I guess eight years total, if you go back to when Nico came in and started laying down the foundation. But those first couple of years, man, it's the old joke about being able to fire off a cannon inside someplace and not hurt anybody. And I hope people don't forget that and, and really appreciate what's going on with this program now.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's what, like I said, it's, it's, we use this analogy with our program at times, you know, you've got to, it's like, it's like my dad used to take us to table rock when I was little. And, you know, it was take us about three hours to to walk all the way up. And I still remember as a child and, and I use this with our team occasionally Every every hour or so, we'd find a, a ridge that would look out, and and we'd go out there and we'd be like, wow, you know, and you just kind of you would acknowledge your progress, you know, you would acknowledge that man, we've come this far. Look how beautiful it is. Look how high we are, and then you'd get back to walking, you know, and then all of a sudden you'd go a little bit and you'd go through some creeks and different things, and then you'd find another one, and and you'd say, man, look at the progress, but man, look, there's there's the top. We got to keep chasing the top. And I think sometimes for us, like we forget to take those moments to just look off the ridge, you know, and just appreciate and enjoy and, and, and be thankful of what we've been able to do here. And, and then, but at the same time, keep, keep moving forward, right? Like that, that doesn't mean you stop there. You don't put your tent there, uh, but you do acknowledge it. And, you know, you realize that, Hey, it's not like they've come in and done some outlandish facility improvement. You know, we, we haven't, I mean, the, the building looks kind of the same way it did when you and I first got here. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's nothing different with that facility. Um, I don't think there's a new practice space back there. I, I'm in I'm in the same office that we were in when I first got here. Uh, we might have some new carpet and some things like that, but it's been it's been because of our our players and our people, our process. It hasn't it hasn't been some whoa okay. Well, they planned like it, it's it's a credit to them buying into the way that we have to do it here. And when you go in those moments the other night, I get it's easy for fans to say, oh, close again, close again. Like, I mean, we used to, Dan, we used to go to those games and it was like, uh, those were like reward trips. I mean, it was like you were going to Carowinds or something like, all right, we'll go see what we can do. Let's try to keep it within 30. Wow, look at this venue. And now all of a sudden it's like, man, we're, we're up 16 on the road at Alabama on national TV. And like, people are expecting us to win this game. And so are we. Mm-hmm. But but it's 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 and that's why that's why sport can be exhausting at times because it is zero sum and we all know that. But it's um, you know, I was winding I was winding on the way home and uh, my wife looked at me. She's like, "Shut up!" You know, like are, are you kidding? Like she's like, "You you you guys were just on national TV. If I'd have told you this stuff ten years ago and you're up on an SEC team, you're at the University of Alabama, like don't." Just, just go figure it out. You guys will figure it out. But there's no reason to moping, won't, will won. Like, let's just, let's just keep yeah. moving forward. And, um, you know, that's that's what we're excited to do. We had a great practice this morning. I mean, the guys came in there and they competed. We'll have another good one tomorrow. And um, I fully trust that we'll have a great response coming out on Saturday.
1: Bob, I remember the, the first time since I've been here that uh, we played at Duke at Cameron. And and after the game, which I, I can't remember the score, but I think we got beat by thirty or, or something like that, and, and Ron Smith was was with me, and and we went to a commercial break, and, and he looked down on the floor because the the uh, the broadcast location at Cameron for radio is up in that crow's nest, and and guys, our our guys were taking pictures of the floor, and they were taking pictures of this, and he was so mad, you know, you came here to win the game, and you just got beat by thirty, you know, whatever it was. The perspective on the program has changed a lot in the last five or six years, because now you we're, go into the, you, now you go into those games and you expect you expect to win.
0: Were you uh, were you on the Fordham trip? I mean, we're I was telling the oh, staff yes. that Yeah, I was I was on the Fordham story. trip. I mean, we're out we're out exploring Yankee Stadium on uh-huh. game day, and then get cracked by thirty that night, you know, and like, and it's just, I mean, that that wasn't that wasn't super long ago, you know, and now, I mean, heck, if you know, in these games now, it's, and and, and look, we love it. Like we, we, there was nobody. And, and you know what? This is what I do love about the other night. Say what you want. We didn't win the game. I get it. But man, you could see it. When you turn that film on the difference between Bama and Cincinnati, you had a group that was expecting to win from that tip. I mean, they came out with a phenomenal approach and they were confident and they came out. They exuded confidence in themselves. They exuded confidence in their teammates. They exuded confidence, confidence in the way that we have to play. And um, you know, that's why it, 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 it bothers you that we we, we, weren't, we weren't able to close, but it's coming. Our day, our day. We're going to keep working, and um, we're going to keep stepping forward. And you know, we're not ever going to claim that we're going to go undefeated, but uh, we're dang sure going to try. And, and we're going to try everything we can to continue to get better.
1: Yeah, the the only thing that eased the pain about that loss at Fordham was after the game that night, Paul O'Neill taking the entire traveling party to to a Delmonico's Steakhouse down in Times Square. And buying everybody dinner that 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 eased that that pain a little bit
0: but how about, uh, how about that yeah. you know I mean <laughs> it's uh that those those were those that was a fun day outside outside that uh that game I mean seeing Yankee Stadium and all that stuff was was pretty cool but it's uh we're heading in the right direction and uh now's not the time to be discouraged now now is the time for us to continue to work and you know as a fan base we we stay excited and um you know, avoid negativity. You know what I mean? Like it's it's sometimes people around here. Um, you know, I get it. They, they lost for so long around here that the fans that followed all that losing. Um, there is there is a there. You can't become a cynic in that to where you're looking for the negativity and, and you want to spread the negativity and and at the end of the day, like that's not going to do us any good. You know, that's that's not going to get us to where we want to go. And you know, we we've got to continue to look for solutions. You know, there's a million right in front of us of what we can do better. And um, let's just stay energized to keep pushing forward and, and not not get discouraged by one setback. I do think if if we can answer the bell rebounding-wise, it will pave the way for a championship. I really do. And um, so we've had a painful couple of days, but but there's hope within that that this could be something that ends up being a positive for us.
1: Yeah, I think one of the, the sure signs that things have turned here is something that you said uh, a little while ago. Uh, that you know, after the loss on the way back, you're getting emails and texts from fans who are upset and trying to help you, uh, you know, solve the rebounding issue and all of that. Uh, whereas seven, eight years ago, apathy had set in; there wouldn't have been any response at all afterwards. So, 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 get, getting to where you're getting those those kind of emails from fans or whatever the case may be, actually, is a good thing.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's not. I read them. Some of them I don't respond to because they, they they wouldn't want my raw response in those manners. But <laughs> I will say this: you know, Charlie Busby, I think he was a '61 grad. He sent me an email, and it was actually pretty encouraging. And um, I don't know if he listens to this or not, but that's one that that I did appreciate because sometimes fans forget that we're human. And um, I'll be honest with you, Dan: like I know fans are upset, but I think physically, I mean, that 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 hurt. That, that that was painful the other night. And you know, it's, it's not something we're not gonna hang our head. We're gonna continue to move forward. We're gonna own it. We're gonna take responsibility. But uh, Charlie's email gave me a little smile. And, and it was a little bit about what you just said. Like, hey, I've been around since 61. I watched a lot of ball and those kids, those kids are making us proud and uh, keep doing what y'all are doing. Keep pushing forward. Good things are ahead. Yeah. And um, so we're gonna keep working. Nobody's discouraged frustrated at times on the other night, the result, but it's, um, it's a lot better when you know that you can do things to control it, to make it better. And um, I know our players in our program is is anxious to keep making those steps.
1: All right. Final question for you, nothing to do with basketball, talking about the Christmas holiday. What's, uh, what's Christmas in the Richie household look like? What, what are the the Christmas traditions?
0: Um. So, you know, it's, um, it's different for us. We've got Her family's here, and then now my family's here as well, my parents. And so we don't have to do any traveling, per se. Um, You know, the one thing that we we did uh, the past couple years that my son has been begging to make sure we do again is we've driven up to Asheville on Christmas Eve, and uh, we've taken taken them to Grove Park and, um, you know, eaten there and kind of walked around and seen all the decor up there. And they've, they've really enjoyed that. And so... They've asked us numerous times if, if they're going to still be able to do that this year, but we have a big breakfast Christmas morning as a family, you know, we do all the gifts and things like that. And, um, you know, we try to, we try to spend some time with just the four of us. We think that's important. Our outside family is really important. Um, but, but our, our, the four of us is also as busy as this time of year is it's good for us to also get a little time together. And, um, so, and, and, you know, it's, um, it's, it's easy to get lost in all the scuffle with it, right? And then you, you also got to remember what it's all about and, and making sure that we keep that in a perspective. And, you know, it's, it's just a kind of a good reset for us in the middle of all the madness. And so um, it usually comes at a good time, right? Like right right in the middle of all of the craziness in our season, right before you get into conference play. And so it's a three or four days I always look forward to.
1: It seems like the, uh, the theme of this episode, w- without intending for it to be that way, has, has been perspective and yeah and I i'd, think I'd that's say good. last nine months that's that's <laughs> been,
0: that's been, that's, been one of the, that's been one of the words you know to get us through all these hard times as perspective and you know understanding that there's still a ton to be thankful for
1: absolutely bob appreciate it as always uh merry christmas to you and your family and and uh because the, the next one of these we do will be beyond the holidays and, and be staring the southern conference season right square in the face
0: absolutely we're looking forward to it and uh that home game at Mercer is going to be big, you know, it's going to be, they're all big, but that's coming quick. And, um, you know, I know they've got limited capacity and, but if, if anybody's listening, you could email Dwight Covington and see what we got left. As many, as many people as I let in, let's, let's get them in and make it as loud as we can.
1: Absolutely. All right, Bob. Thanks. All right. Thank you. And with that, we put a wrap on uh, another edition of the all den podcast. This has been episode 47. Our thanks to head coach, Bob Ritchie. Again, folks, we uh, really encourage you to interact with us. If you have uh, questions or thoughts, whatever they are, send them to me, Dan Scott at Furman.edu. I don't just throw that out there to have something to say. We really want to get some of your feedback, and 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 perhaps we can do uh, an episode like we did at some point during last season, where it's nothing but questions submitted by you that Coach Richie can answer. So, Dan Scott at Furman.edu is the uh, is the email address there. And again, our uh, thanks to the folks at Shortfields for continuing to be a big sponsor of what we're doing here. Shortfields.com is the email address. All right, so it is uh, Winthrop on Saturday. Again, we're recording this on Thursday. Hopefully you're listening to it before the Winthrop game, 4 o'clock, 3.30 airtime on ESPN Upstate with Tom Van Hoy and yours truly. And then 4 o'clock on Monday, that's a time change Schedule had said 7 p.m., but they've moved it up to 4 p.m. Monday afternoon. 3.30 airtime for that one as well. And then uh, a break until conference play begins on December 30th in Chattanooga. So we got a lot to do. And uh, in, inside of all of that, as we have talked about throughout this entire episode, hope that you maintain the proper perspective, put things where they should be, And have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and enjoy spending some time with your family over the holidays. We'll see you again next time. This has been the All Den Podcast for Head Coach Bob Ritchie and all of us at Furman University. I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you. So long, everybody, and thank you for being All Den.